Last month, uh, in the beginning of December, we had our church staff Christmas gathering, and we got everyone together, and we had a great time, and it was really enjoyable. And, but at the beginning of that gathering, something unique happened that kind of surprised me. I was in one room, and the, the, there were some people gathering in another room, and, and I could overhear their conversation, and I heard one of our staff members introduced themselves to another one of our staff members. And I thought, we don't even know each other on our own staff and our own team, and we're getting together for a Christmas party. Now, to be fair, uh, the people that were introducing themselves, it was a fairly new person to our staff, and, and she just hadn't met everyone. But it made us think, how realistic then is it that people that come and sit in our seats on a Sunday morning really know who is a part of our team and who is a part of Mount Hope? So one of the things I want to do at the beginning of the year, the beginning of the service, and before even the kids leave, we wanted to take a chance to say, hey, here's who the people are that are serving at Mount Hope. So you can kind of just get a picture and put a picture with a face. And so sometimes when we're up here and we say, hey, if you want more information about kids ministry, go talk to Kathy. How many of you don't know who Kathy is? I see a few hands, right? You're going to know who Kathy is by the end of this service or by the end of this few minutes, okay? All right, so let me just, I, I want to just introduce you real quick because we've got a lot to do in this service today just to give you a picture of kind of who we are uh, and, and across Mount Hope. So Mount Hope is one uh, church. We have two great congregations and an awesome school. And so let me just real quick, here's our staff. Here's our staff in Belmont. Um, this is our Belmont team. So over in Belmont right now, uh, the service just finished, uh, probably, maybe. We'll see how long Pastor Brian, depends how long Pastor Brian preached. But probably just got over at 51 Lexington Street in Waverly Square in Belmont. Uh, and this is our team that is over there. But sometimes you'll see Pastor Brian, Andrew, or Justin uh, will come over and preach here as well because we have a preaching team. We're one church, two locations, and they will come and preach here as well. But this is our team here, Mike and Melissa. Melissa leads our kids' ministry there. Uh, Carmelina leads our worship in Belmont, and Ting also uh, supports the ministry there in Belmont. So that's our Belmont team. We also have an awesome school, and we have an incredible Christian school here that is uh, just passed within the last couple of weeks 350 students. Praise the Lord for that, which is amazing. And the person doing a really awesome job leading that up is Elaine Driscoll sitting right over here who uh, has grown and cared for this school and along with her vice principal, Sue Truji and Marina Manasian do an awesome job leading from toddlers uh, down to uh, up to fifth grade this year, but next year, sixth grade. We're actually adding a sixth grade next year. So we are excited for that. And this is our main uh, leadership school team. But actually, if I, I couldn't, if I were to put them all on a screen, this is our school staff um, for Mount Hope. So, and this isn't, this is just the people that are working during the school year, right, Mrs. Driscoll? This doesn't include summer program staff, vacation program staff. Um, so there's an awesome team here. Uh, so, uh, but that's, uh, that's our main leadership team in the school. We also have support ministries that take place, our finance, admin, facilities. Uh, so Bernie Driscoll 
uh, takes care of much of our finance office and heads that up, keeps us all in line, keeps us all on track with our reporting and everything. We're grateful for that, Bernie, the awesome job you do there. Pam works with Bernie in our, in our office, does a lot of the books. Many of you that might come to me and say, hey, I got a question about this check I gave or how do I give this offering or why wasn't this check cast? And you come to me and I said, you want to talk to Pam. Um, you don't want to talk to me. I have no idea. Uh, but Pam knows everything. Um, well, about that. So check with Pam, and she does an awesome job there. Uh, Elizabeth uh, works on our admin, executive admin support in our office. Uh, Paul, her husband, also works on our facilities team. Silvana, uh, that was the new ad, just started last month working in our church office here. Uh, she's there, so she, if you call during the week, there's a good chance you're going to get Silvana's voice on the phone. Uh, she just started working in our office, and they are over at our Belmont location. And then Dave uh, heads up our facilities team, Dave Whibby, here um, across our locations, which include uh, four and maybe soon to be five buildings. Um, uh, between here, Belmont, and, and across the street. If you haven't noticed, we, have, uh, we rent facilities from the temple across the street uh, because we're out of space here. And so that's been, that's been pretty cool. There's other people in leadership at Mount Hope that I want you to know about. Mount Hope has a board of deacons that also serves you and serves the church. Our board of deacons takes care of the facilities and finances, oversees facilities and finance for the church. So they meet monthly at least they are looking at reports that come in. They're looking at income, expenses, how we're stewarding everything that comes in. And we are grateful for the gifted people on that team. Uh, Ron Cantalupo, Mike D'Agostino, Shade Falier, and Zenya Villa uh, serve on our board of deacons. And they do an awesome job uh, really bringing their gifts to the table and helping us steward and guide the facilities and finances across Mount Hope. We also have a board of elders. And right now, uh, we're growing this board. In fact, we just added one last month, and we're going to continue to grow this board a bit uh, to serve the needs of Mount Hope. But Avon Duncan, Bumi Falier, Vera Mogulacherwa, we just added last month Dan Rakich to our elder board, and Jay Titus are a part of our board of elders. What do the elders do at Mount Hope? The, I, the best I can describe them is I use three C's to, decide, to define what our elders do, and that is crisis, care, and counsel. Uh, our board of elders are people when there's a crisis, whether it's within the church, in an individual, or maybe it's in our culture, our larger community uh, is a pandemic. The elders are the ones that get the first phone call and say, hey, we need to talk, we need to pray, we need to listen to the Lord and discern the Lord's voice uh, on this matter. They also care. Uh, they're one of the first ones that I'll go to and say, hey, can you pray for this person? Can you visit this person? And they are there for counsel. I mean, they're counsel a lot of people, but they specifically offer counsel to the leadership and to the pastors um, that oftentimes when we are seeking the Lord's voice on something, when we need to know, hey, how are we supposed to respond to this? It's the elders um, that the pastors will go to talk and pray about this. I truly believe in the community of the saints 
I believe that God speaks through his body. And so we have the elders to uh, talk, listen to, pray with us through things like that. And so they pray for you. We added Dan. So last month, uh, there was a Sunday where maybe you caught it. I was here in the morning, then I was kind of gone, and then I was here at the end of service. Uh, that's because I went over to Belmont to pray and to install Dan Rakich as one of our new elders here at Mount Hope. And we were really excited about that. Uh, so that's uh, a part of uh, our role, uh, our leadership and those who are serving. But what about our Burlington team? Our Burlington ministry team, I'm actually going to ask them to join me up here now. I'm going to ask Pastor Marvin and James and Kathy and Elaine from our school ministry, because she's based here in Burlington, to join me here as well. And they're going to come up. Yeah, welcome them as they come. And here is why I did not dismiss the kids yet. Because here's what I want you to know. For those of you, this, is, this team and all the people really you have seen here on the screen are here to serve the church. And that is all ages. And so you're here and you're a child. I want you to know any one of these people you can go to. In fact, I encourage you, take your hard questions to them. Um, you can take your, Pastor Marvin loves hard question conversations. So... Any, but seriously, any one of these people, the deacons, the elders, you see them, they're here to pray for you. You can go to them and ask them for prayer anytime you see them. They're here because they love you, they want to serve you. So that's not just if you're in sixth grade or above or graduated high school. That's for the whole church. And so that's why I wanted to leave the kids in here. So I want you to get to know our team a little bit. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little quiz. You got a, 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 out of a possible five points. Here you go. Match the statement with the staff member. All right. So in your own mind, I'll give you 30 seconds to figure out who, which statement you think fits with which Mount Hope Burlington staff member. And you can score yourselves and award yourselves a prize if you get it all right. So... All right, you got it? Here we go. I took years of ceramic classes. How many of you think that's James? I don't know what that says about your ceramic abilities, James. You, it's true. It's, <laughs> if you said Elaine Driscoll, you get one point for that. Award yourself a point for that. How about I lived in 14 different cities? One point if you said Pastor Marvin has lived in 14 different cities. So if you want to know how to move or pack a box, Pastor Marvin is your guy. I parachuted from a helicopter. Kathy. Kathy Duckett, how many times? Three perfectly good helicopters. For some reason, Kathy jumped out of them. Not a tandem jump either, she wanted us to know. This is legit. She went out, so... If you want to know how to jump out of something high without dying, Kathy is your person. Uh, I'm going to the Dominican Republic tomorrow. Yeah, I wish it was me. It's not me. It's not. James is going to the Dominican Republic tomorrow. One point. And if you want to come over to my house, I've got at least six different ways to make you a cup of coffee in my kitchen. And uh, probably more than that, but six that I counted quickly. And I'd love to make you a cup of coffee. How many of you got five points? Any? 
Oh, quite a few. You know your team well. That's great. But I want you to know, I want you to see your team up here, your Burlington ministry team. Elaine Driscoll, she leads our school. But the, what gets her up on Monday mornings is to be able to educate children, staff, and parents in the ways of Jesus Christ. That's really what her heartbeat is. She wants to see them all grow in the ways of Jesus. And uh, we're grateful for the way that you do that. And we really appreciate that. Um, and there's a, there's a great ministry that God has done in you and through you for that. For James, gets him up. He sees students 6th through 12th grade encounter Jesus Christ, grow in their walk, come to know him and be disciples of Jesus Christ, as well as lead the larger body into worshiping God in spirit and in truth. And we're grateful, James. And if your kids, 6th through 12th grade, don't come out on Wednesday night, Wednesday night, 6.30, it's a time where they will encounter God. And they will get to know God and grow in God. And I encourage you, bring them out Wednesday nights at 6.30. And Kathy Duncan, she is here to help children know that the Bible is true, know that the Jesus is true, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And they can trust him. And so she helps our children at Mount Hope do that. Amen. You can give them a hand. And this is what we're here for. And this is why we're here. You're going to hear a little bit more about Pastor Marvin and my role in a few minutes. So I'm going to hold off on that. Um, but just before we dismiss the kids, I'm going to ask Avon Duncan to come up, pray for our team. And I ask you, as Avon prays, I ask you to pray today. But I ask you, I do, that you would keep your, uh, this team in prayer uh, as they endeavor to serve and minister to you and to the church uh, and follow the Lord's voice. So I'll give it to you. Guys, over. gather together a little bit closer. All right, let's pray. Lord, I am reminded in your word that it tells us that the world will know that we are your disciples by the love that we have for one another. And Lord, I thank you for these pastors, these ministers, these leaders who show us that kind of love every day. I pray, oh God, for each one of them, Lord, that in this new year, they will grow closer to you than they've ever been before. God, I pray that their relationship with you will be strong and that they will spend time in your presence every day and that they will receive your anointing and this is going to give them the ability to minister effectively to this church and this congregation and to this community that we can show them who Jesus is. Lord, I pray that they will each be filled with your Holy Spirit. I pray for Kathy. I pray for James. I pray for Pastor Rick. I pray for Elaine. And I pray for Pastor Marvin that your anointing will be upon them, oh God. Lord, that they will lead us, that they will be an example to us of who you are. God, I thank you, Lord, for the call that is upon each one of their hearts. And I pray that this will be the greatest year ever, Lord, that we will see many signs and wonders as you move in our midst. God, I pray your blessing upon them. Lord, we commit them to you. Lord, we pray that your, your hand and your touch will be upon them every day. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you.
All right, now I will let the kids head out to Kids Church. Thanks for being with us, kids. And middle school, 6th and 7th grade, you can head downstairs. We've got a great uh, class prepared for you as well. So middle school, 6th and 7th grade, can head downstairs through that door, my right. And kids uh, through 5th grade can head out that door, my left, your right. And head out to what you have. If you have that card, I just want you to pull that out. You got a card when you came in. That's who we are. This is what we do. Uh, This is why we're here. This is the mission of Mount Hope. Uh, We exist to grow in our knowledge and love of Jesus Christ and to lead others to do the same. That's why we're here. Uh, We tried our best as a team, you know, that encompasses a lot to distill down what it is we're about, what it is we're about Mount Hope, what we want to uh, focus on. And so each of these people as a part of their role look at how do we grow in our knowledge and love of Jesus and how do we lead others to do the same. Uh, That is why we exist here. So I encourage you to take that uh, and to look at how God might Uh, use that for you to live that out in your life as well. I want to continue this morning. I want to talk a little bit more about our church. I I know we're in church. I want to talk about the church. I want to take some time this Sunday to do something a little bit different. We're still in this God's Will uh, series that Pastor Brian started last week. Hopefully if you were a part of our online service and, and able to be a part of that. Uh, that we started talking about discerning the will of God. And I want to this week talk a little bit about what's going on at Mount Hope, but use that really as a template for looking at how to discern the Lord's will and find the Lord's will in your life. I often get that question, how do I know the Lord's will? Uh, And I want to talk about that uh, by letting you know how we've been walking through that as a church and some of the changes that we're kind of making as a church as a result of that process and where we think the Lord is taking us from here. At the beginning of any year, lots of us might sit down and start to write some goals. We talked about that last week. I confessed my uh, difficulty sometimes in in that area last week in the service. Uh, But we often sit down and write goals at the beginning of the year. We start out writing what uh, we think is going to happen. And I think sometimes there's there's two ways we set about that. one, we can take a blank sheet of paper and we set it out in front of us and we just kind of blue sky it. We just say, all right, blank sheet, 2023, nothing has happened yet. You know, let's just write, let's write big, hairy, audacious goals. We're 10Xing it. We're doing, you know, we're just going to put down the biggest thing we can think of and and we're going to blue sky it. We're going to blank slate and just write down where we want to go and then some goals on how we're going to get there. The other thing I think we sometimes do is we might look around us at what other people and we compare ourselves to them and then we say, well, how do I get to be like them? We might say, you know, look, things are going awesome for them. I want to be like them. So how am I going to put goals in my life so I can be more like that other person that I see, we kind of look beside us and around us and we compare ourselves. I don't think that either of those are really helpful. Um, And in fact, I think, I'm not sure either of them are very biblical either in how we approach where we're going uh, in the future or where the Lord might be taking us. I will say though that a lot of times that's what churches do too. I think churches at times will take a blank sheet of paper and think, well, we can go anywhere. And where does God want to take us? And we just blue sky it. 
I know churches at times are always comparing themselves to other churches because I sit in pastor's meetings where it happens all the time. And we do this and we say, wow, this is happening at that church. Let's do what they're doing. Oh, this is happening over here. We should do what they're doing. And we do it in churches, but you do it in your personal life too. Oh, they got this. I need to do what they're doing. But I don't think that's necessarily the right way to approach discerning the Lord's will and then planning for what's coming. This year, 2023, Mount Hope, I believe, if I've got it right, turns 45. So we hit middle age as a church. And I mean, I hope we're longer than 90 years. But, you know, in your 40s, it's like middle age, you know. And it's for individuals, if, you, if you've gotten there, you know what I'm talking about. Like you were in your 20s and you thought anything is possible. I can do anything I want. We can, you know, we can, I can go accomplish whatever I want. And then you hit your 30s. And you're like, okay, I'm kind of figuring out a little bit more what I want to do. But you hit your 40s and it's different. You hit your 40s and you start to realize, I can't pivot as quickly as I used to be able to pivot. I may not just be able to pick up and leave and walk away. I've got dependents maybe. I've got a mortgage maybe. Um, all of a sudden you realize that there's things that have to be taken into consideration when you are going to make decisions. I think it's true in churches and ministries too, um, that that's, that's often the case too when we hit our 40s, that we'd be foolish not to look back a little bit at how God has been at work and who we have been become and how we've gotten to where we are. That's what I want to talk about this morning because I actually think when we talk about setting goals, when we talk about planning for the future, that that is an important aspect of it. Not so much to blue sky it, not so much to compare ourselves, but to really discern what has gone, where have we come from, and how does that help us understand where we're going. If you have your Bible, turn to Philippians chapter 1 with me. Philippians chapter 1, I want to look at verses 9 through 11. Philippians chapter 1 verses 9 through 11. And I'm going to be reading, I know we almost always read out of the ESV, the English Standard Version. That's the Bible that's in your chair racks. But I really like the way the NIV, the New International Version, translates these verses. It doesn't change the meaning, but I just think the wording that they use is really helpful. Uh, and so I'm going to read out of the NIV this morning and how they translate this passage. Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, and this is what he says. He says, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, which actually comes right out of what we're talking about here. And we want you to know God more. We want you to grow in his love and knowledge. And Paul's prayer is that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. And then I want you to say these next two words. Let's all say them together. These next two words together. Ready? So that. We're going to say that again. So that, those are important words. In fact, I, Wendy in her Bible study last year, I think she tried to find every so that in the Bible. Um, so I don't know how many there are, but there's a lot of so that's. But when you see a so that, it, you know, it gives a reason. It's telling you here's why. So why do we want to grow in knowledge and depth of insight and love? What happens when we grow in our knowledge and depth of insight and our love in Jesus Christ. So that 
you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. If you don't have a mission statement verse for your life, that's probably as good as any to have. So that, that's what I want. I want to be able to discern what's best. I want to be pure and blameless. I want the fruit of righteousness to come out of my life. I want to bring glory to God. Well, how does that happen? You grow in your knowledge, in your love, in your depth of insight in Jesus Christ. And I think, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to take this now to what we're talking about, about discerning the Lord's will, to think that you need to and I need to grow in our knowledge and insight of how God has worked in the past, who God is, if we're going to understand how he might be wanting to work in our lives going forward. It's, it's not about predicting what's coming next. It's about preparing for what's coming next. And you prepare by understanding what came before. Because here's what I know. Here's what I've come to realize. That oftentimes the way God works in Scripture and the way God works in the life of Christians, that the things he's been doing in your life in the past are the things he's going to use for you to make a difference going forward. It's not a blank slate. You're not just a lump of clay. God has been working on your life for years. So why, when the calendar changes a day, do you think it's going to instantly change into something else? The wise thing is to look back and say, what has God been doing? We see this in Scripture all the time. I mean, you look at someone like David when he went to face Goliath. That didn't just happen in a moment where all of a sudden this young shepherd, the last in his family, the one his dad even forgot at one point was there. You know, the kind of the, the, the runt of the family suddenly takes down a giant. That wasn't like, oh, where did this come from? In fact, David himself says this when he's facing a nine-foot-tall, he sees a nine-foot-tall giant carrying a shield the size of a picnic table and, and a spear the size of a weaver's rod, threatening the people of God, challenging the people of God to come out and send a warrior out. And little David sees this and he says to Saul the king, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me, here's what God did in the past. Here's how God has acted in the past. Here's how God has worked in my life. Who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. When you grow in your understanding of what God has done, you grow in your understanding of what God will do. That, this is the, that, that oftentimes you look back in your life and you say, what has God been working in your life? David, it doesn't tell us how he killed the lion and the bear, but it's a good bet he probably did it with a sling and a stone. That he had already been out there picking, you know, bottles or clay pots off the fence. The Bible tells us the slingers had accuracy that was unbelievable in their day. That they could pick a bird out of the air. And so he comes trusting the Lord, saying, God help me to take down a lion and a bear. He can help me take down this giant. But it wasn't someone who had never used a sling before. It was someone who knew to pick up some stones and how to use them. 
I look at other, there's plenty of examples in scripture, but another one I look at is Moses. When God tells Moses, go to Pharaoh and tell him to set my people free, he didn't just pick some random person. He picked someone who grew up and spent 40 years living in Pharaoh's palace. He knew the room to go to. He knew the door to knock on. He knew the language. He knew the culture. He knew, you know, what he was walking into, but he also knew how to have the conversation. And he knew God was with him. That we look at how God has worked in the past, and it's oftentimes how God is preparing to do something in our life in the future. And so last week, Pastor Brian shared this kind of Venn diagram that he and I and many of us have used many times when someone will come up to me and say, I'm trying to find God's will, Pastor. I'm looking for it. You know, this is, this is often the grid that I will use in talking to someone. And Pastor Brian kind of shared it last week. You know, what's the gifting God has put in your life? What's the burden, the passion, the desire that God has put in your heart? What's God's voice saying through scripture and through other Christians who love Jesus and love you and are walking in the same direction? What's God saying through them? What's God saying through his word? What's God saying through his Holy Spirit? And then finally, what are the opportunities that you have around you? What are the open doors that God has given to you? You can think about this in Moses' life. He had the gifting of, of being in Pharaoh's household. He had the burden for his people and he wanted to see them set free. He had God's voice telling him to do it. And he had an opportunity, an open door to go walk up to Pharaoh. It's oftentimes that I find in this area, this is the sweet spot of where you find when all those things overlap, what God may be calling you to do. And so in, as a church, we've kind of been looking at this in the past year. And I just want to, like I said, use that as a little bit of a model to show you what we've been walking through and how we have walked through this grid and how it's been uh, helpful to us uh, in each way. Because honestly, coming out of COVID, we realized we had some issues as a church. Maybe you did too in your life. I think COVID didn't always create something new as an issue, but it highlighted some issues that were already there. And for us, when we came out of COVID as a ministry, it kind of shined a spotlight on some things that we said, oh, this is not good. Uh, there were tension among some of our staff and our organization. There were things, there were ways we were organized and structured that we realized needed attention that were not going to position us for where we thought God was going to take us. And so we, for the last 14 months, really, have been in a process of seeking the Lord, asking his direction, and then trying to discern a way forward. Um, and so this is a little bit of how that process has been for us so that we stop, you know, not just not blank slating something and not comparing ourselves to others, but kind of looking through this grid. So when we looked at gifting, when we looked at gifting, we looked at around at the ministry that God has given to us and, and um, we looked, oh, sorry, yeah, I did skip a slide there on you guys. That's all right. We're okay. When we looked at gifting, we said that the gifting, we have two great church locations. We got Burlington and Belmont. That's a gift. It's a gift to be able to minister together, to see the Lord work in, in those places. Uh, when, if you were here on Thanksgiving Eve to see Belmont and Burlington come together, Worshiping together, sharing stories of what God has done has been a blessing. We have one incredible school, 350-something kids, toddler through going to be sixth grade. Uh, we have an awesome school that is reaching our community. In fact, when I go around Burlington and I say I work at Mount Hope, most of them are going to think I work at a school. 
More people know us because we're a school than because of a church. We've been a school in this town for many years, and a lot of people in town have sent their kids through our school or through our preschool. In fact, let me do a quick survey. I want to ask you to raise your hand in a second. If you have a connection to the school as well as the church, that connection might be your students went, you have students that went here, you have grandkids maybe that went here, you taught here or you teach here, you work here or you worked here, you um, heard about the school before you heard about the church, uh, and then you ended up coming to the church. If you have any connection like that, just raise your hand. That's a pretty big connection turnover between the church and the school. And so we looked at that and said, this is a gift that God has given to us. I will tell you, not every church and pastor looks at that as a gift. Close your ears, Elaine. But... <laughs> I go to some pastor's meetings and say, oh, yeah, we got a church, we got a school, and I literally get an apology. I literally, oh, I'm sorry. Because all they've heard are horror stories about churches that have schools, of how, of how difficult it is. And that's just not the case for us. It's been a blessing. Just the opposite. And we said, I mean, you just saw all those hands that went up. I mean, this is a blessing. This is a gift that God has given to us. We've got a school full of educators who educate people in the ways of Christ every day. I mean, I, I could talk a lot about the school. But let me just tell you this. I, I, one of those exciting things is this. Pete, all right, just keep the secret in this room, okay? People pay us. People pay us to teach their kids about Jesus. Usually you have to pay money to get people to allow you to talk about Jesus. People pay us to tell their kids about Jesus. So the school is this amazing gift that God has given to us. And then we said, we have an amazing staff. We got this team of people that even though we're facing some difficulties coming out of COVID, even though we have some challenges, we believe a lot of the answers are in the room. I have a mentor of mine who, that's his favorite phrase of his, the answer's in the room. And a lot of times it's the case. That the answer is sitting in the seats. The answer is already in the room. And we've got people who are a part of our amazing staff that if we've got problems and challenges, a lot of times the answer is in the room. But what about burden? So um, what about burden? And I'd ask you to look at your life on gifting. What are the gifts God has given you? What are the skills God has given you? What are the blessings God has given you? And then what's the burden God has given you? What's the passion? What's the desire? Oftentimes it's something that you think everybody else has a desire for and you find out later you're the only one that has a desire for that. I just find that's a lot of times the way passion and burden works. Because you just think, of course everybody cares about this. And then you talk to someone and you're like, no, we don't, we don't care about that. Um, that's probably a sign that there's a, that's a burden from the Lord, that God has put something there in your heart. And we said, what's our burden here? One of our burdens we found out, we believe, is that when we, when we looked at this idea of church and the school, that we're better together. That yes... There's ministries that separate the church and the school. We want to keep them together. We want to work at that. It's a tension. It's, there are difficulties. There are challenges every week. But we are better together. And so we want to work for that. We want to preserve that. That's a burden of ours. That's a passion of ours. Another burden and a passion of ours, we want to reach more people. How do we do that? With a school that's got this building Every single inch taken across the street, we rent a building from the temple. You know, every single inch in that building is taken. How do we reach more people? There is more of a desire for private Christian education now than we have ever seen before. We've got people constantly calling, asking to enroll in our school. 
Um, and it's, it's a desire like we've never seen before. How do we reach more people? How do we make more room for that? How do we reach more people with our churches, with our vocations? How do we, how do we reach more people? We believe that a burden of that is that God's going to lead us to open more locations. For years, I would bang my head up against the question of why doesn't Burlington grow beyond a certain number? We get to three, four hundred. Sometimes we'd even bump up against five hundred, but that would be it. I mean, for like thirty years, that would be it. Like we're supposed to reach more people, Lord. How are we supposed to do this? Finally, God said, I, you know, I think made it clear. I want you to open more locations. We can grow here. We'll reach more people. There's some empty seats here, but they'll be full at some point. And so we want to open more locations and reach more people and reach more people around here that we can't reach by just staying here. That's what Belmont kind of taught us about that. We had a burden for that. Um, and God was preparing us uh, in a way to do that. And we also have uh, a burden to be responsible for the people who are a part of Mount Hope. Churches, school, people who attend, but also people who work for Mount Hope. Um, one of the things we realized out of COVID is we haven't created a structure for the size organization we really are. And part of that was we often looked at ourselves as a church of three, four, five hundred people. And we looked at churches of three, four, five hundred people. And we said, well, this is about how we should be structured. But most of those churches don't have a school of 350 people and 700 parents. And the staff, this, one of the times that this, uh, my eyes got open to this is I was sitting in a pastor's meeting. And it wasn't long after the, um, uh, the CARE, the Obama CARES Act had passed, the Health Care Act. And we were looking at, oh, wow, this is Bernie and I were talking about, this is going to have a huge impact on us. Like, this is going to create an amazing amount of paperwork and an amazing amount. We've got we've to look at our employees. We've got we've to report on this every year. Like, we're not sure how we're going to handle this. And I went to a meeting of pastors, and there were about 25 different churches represented there. And I thought, well, good. I'm going to get my questions answered here. I'm going to find out. We'll sit together. We'll figure out exactly how we're going to handle this. And I sat down, and there were pastors of large churches and smaller churches, and this never came up in this meeting. And at the end of the meeting, I said, um, what about this law that just passed? <laughs> like, this is on the top of my agenda. How are you guys handling this? And they looked at me with blank stares, and they said, well, that doesn't apply to us. I'm like, How, what? Did, no, this applies to us. I've been looking at this. But what I didn't realize is that even though there were extremely large churches in there, the minimum requirement of it was 50 full-time employees, and none of those churches had 50 full-time employees. But our school, we have over 100 employees between our church and our school locations. And then I started to realize we can't look at ourselves like a church of three, four, or 500 when you've got 100 employees, more than that, when Elaine's hiring for summer workers, vacation workers, and everything else. And so we said, we don't have a structure that supports this. So we need to change some things. Because if we're going to start another location, if we're going to grow our school, we can't do it the way we're structured now. So we started praying and asking for God's voice. How is God going to direct us? God's telling us to get ready now for what he's going to do. I don't think it's about predicting the future. I think it's about preparing for the future. Because you, I, think, I don't think any of us are called to sit there and say, this is what God is going to do. That's why every September I always struggle with a pressure. Every September I struggle with this pressure because I know the October meeting is coming. 
the annual meeting for our church business meeting, church council, we've called it over the years. And I always feel a pressure that day that I'm supposed to stand up there and predict the future. That here's where Mount Hope is going. And we're moving up and to the right. And here's the charts that show it. And this is where we're going to go in the next 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, and five years. And the only problem is I never see that in Scripture. I just never see the word work like that. I mean, yes, there's prophecies uh, that happen. But most of the time, God is proclaiming what he's doing and telling you to prepare for what's coming. And so where are we supposed to prepare? So God's telling us now to get ready for what he wants to do next. And we believe that's what's going to happen. It's similar to uh, back in 2009 when Pastor Brian and I, 2010, felt like God wanted us to plant a church. We didn't know what that meant. We didn't know how to plant a church. Neither one of us ever did. So we started going to conferences on church planting and said, how do you plant a church? We started meeting with churches. We met with Richard Rhodes and Tom Van Antwerp over at Grace Chapel. And we said, you guys have planted churches. Tell us how to plant a church. Uh, we talked to other churches in our area. I said, how do you do this? We did that for a couple of years. Then we started building the Family Life Center and we forgot about it. We didn't forget about it, but we had to focus on that. And it just kind of, that kind of went dormant, kind of sat aside until the Family Life Center was done. A couple months right before we're ready to cut the ribbon and we get a call saying, hey, there's this building in Belmont. Would you guys want to plant a church there? And we just saw the way the Lord worked is he prepared us for what was coming. We didn't know it was going to be Belmont. We didn't know that. That wasn't even on our radar screen. That wouldn't even have been a town we would have picked. But God knew. And I often think this is the way the Lord works. How has he used you in the past? You know what we know how to do? We know how to pastor congregations of a couple hundred people. Because we were already doing that. We've been doing that for years. So you want to give us a building in Belmont that seats probably a couple hundred people max? We can do that with God's help, with God's leading. And we are preparing to how to plant a church. And I love the big churches in our area. I'm grateful for Grace Chapel. I am grateful for Calvary Christian Church in Linfield. I am grateful for Park Street Church down in Boston and, and large churches in our area. That's how God works sometimes, not all the time. That's a great thing. It's not necessarily our thing. God wants to grow this to something bigger and one location grows bigger, and that's fine. But we don't feel like that's what God's telling us to aim for. Um, God's voice is telling us to structure ourselves differently so we can grow. So here's some of the structural changes we're making, just uh, uh, making in the next, starting this week, really, uh, as we've been looking at this. So for me, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm staying. Uh, this isn't a resignation speech. Uh, <laughs> this is great. This is where Mount Hope's going. I'm not going with you. Um, no. Uh, my role, uh, senior pastor is technically my title, but we changed it to senior pastor, Burlington teaching pastor. Um, uh, that, and I'll tell you, explain what that role is in a minute. Pastor Brian's moving into executive pastor, Belmont teaching pastor. But then these are, the, these are some key changes. Pastor Marvin is moving into the role of Burlington location pastor. And Andrew Barbarian is moving into the role of Belmont location leader. And let me explain a little bit what that means and why we think this is God's voice to help us where we're going to go. So for me, senior pastor provides pastoral oversight to the leadership of Mount Hope and ensure all of Mount Hope locations, church and school, equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So here's one of the things that came out of these 14 months. What we realized is a school, the school is a location for us. Even though it meets in the same building, it's actually a location 
it has 350 students that our teachers and staff minister to, but it has 100 staff and it has 700 parents that there is opportunities for ministry. There is opportunities for pastoral ministry that takes place there. Um, and, and so we need to look at that not simply as a ministry, but as a location that's in, that we need to invest ministry resources beyond just a lane carrying the burden for sharing Jesus with every parent, student, and staff member. That's a lot. Um, and so the senior pastor, we said, should be a link between our church locations and our school locations. And so be more active in that. And for that, be freed up a bit from one individual location. Um, and then also equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's uh, Ephesians chapter 4. That's what pastors are called to do. Um, but also be active at all locations. So sometimes I'll be over at Belmont, Burlington, the school, and whatever our next location is that God brings. Pastor Brian is the executive pastor, works for the strategic alignment and agreement across church and school leadership as to how Mount Hope will move forward in our mission. He'll lead what's going to be called our leadership team um, that has some people that are going to uh, sit on there who are in strategic places that will help really operationally put the mission in place. Um, really make sure that uh, work across the church and the school, and he's already doing that. He's already done that. One of the reasons we moved Pastor Brian into this role, the board felt like he should move into this role, and we felt like it after prayer, is because we've already seen him work well in these places. Um, the answer was in the room in this case. Uh, and so we're moving him to executive pastor. He'll still be a teaching pastor at Belmont, but won't carry the load of leading the location. Pastor Marvin um, is the Burlington location pastor, provides pastoral and spiritual care to the congregation and staff at Mount Hope's Burlington Church. You say he already does that. He does. But now he's going to take sole responsibility for doing that. Not doing it alone, but being the person who makes sure that for the Burlington location, that he's the key pastor. He's the key person who's leading, making sure, and leading and taking care of the needs of this location. If you've been to a video site, you're familiar with this model. If we don't use video sites because one of our burdens is live preaching. And that's us. Not everybody has to do that. I don't have anything against video sites. I've got friends that attend video sites. I've got friends that lead video sites. Like that's, that's a thing. It's just not our thing. Um, our burden is live preaching in each location. But if you've been to a video site, you can understand this model. There's someone that preaches on a screen, but then there's a location pastor. So we'll have teaching pastors, but there'll still be a location pastor that focuses on the pastoral needs of the congregation and reaching out to the community. And Pastor Marvin is moving into that role here. And then Andrew in Belmont is moving into the role. Yeah, we can applaud Pastor Marvin. Yes, thank you, please. I will be the biggest one to applaud Pastor Marvin in this role um, because I'm excited for what God's going to do in him, through him, and what God's going to do at Mount Hope. Andrew's the Belmont location leader, provides spiritual and organizational leadership to the Belmont location staff and congregation, taking some of the burden off Pastor Brian um, as well at that location, so free him up to be the executive pastor. Elaine Driscoll will continue to educate children, staff, and parents in the ways of Jesus, and we are grateful for that, Elaine. Thank you. She does that. Moving into your 30, this is 28. All right, we're getting close there. 28th year. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, and we're looking for one more role. So this is a new role we're looking to hire. We are prayerfully looking to hire a director of operations. 
the director of operations directs and empowers all operational functions. This gets at that place where we felt like we're missing this piece in our organization. Bigger churches may have this, churches our size may not, but organizations our size need it. And so overseeing facilities, finance, IT, HR, um, at Mount Hope, which support the ministry of the church, congregations, and school. This job's already posted on Indeed, but I think the answer may be in the room. Uh, it may be sitting here, or you may know someone, or maybe someone sitting in Belmont, or maybe someone watching online, um, but it may be that the answer is in the room, this, uh, that this person already exists as a part of Mount Hope, but it's someone that we need. Uh, to help us if we are going to prepare for what God is calling us. Because the opportunity, that last piece is this. There are empty church buildings all over New England. Some of them are completely empty. Some of them have a few people in them. And they are struggling to keep the building going alone, let alone to continue to reach out to their community in the name of Jesus Christ. We want to see those church buildings thriving with congregations of people who are preaching the gospel, who love Jesus, and who are loving their community. We want to see what God did in Belmont. We want to see it happen again and again and again. And we want to position ourselves, preparing ourselves to be in a place where we are ready when God calls us in that place. That's where we're going. I had a friend who sent me a picture at Christmas time back in December, and his family was in the center of one of our local towns, and they were there for the light display, and the town was going to light up their lights that night. And they were there, and the whole community was out, and everybody was out waiting for them to flip the switch of their lights. But the picture he sent me was of a church in the center of that town, and the church was completely dark because there was no one in the church building. And it was just a symbolic, he knew where my heart was. It was just a symbolic picture of a day, a night when the community is out looking for light and the church is dark. And we want to be a part of putting light in the middle of those towns, back in the middle of those churches. So this is, this is what we're at. So this is the part of the time where you'd expect me to say, and here's the location we're going. And here's a card where you can sign up to give. I'm not doing that. That's not where I am. I, I, that's not where we are. I am sharing how I think God wants us to prepare for where we're going next. And I'm asking you to pray about it. I'm asking you, when you hear us, stand up here and say, hey, here's a town. Here's a building we heard about. Would you pray about it? Like we did with Woburn over the summer. We, you know, Woburn didn't work out. And it was a little ahead of our revealing all this. <laughs> but it came up. And so we said, yeah, we'll talk to them, we'll pray about it, and we'll ask the church to pray about it and see if this is the way the Lord leads. Um, and so this is how God works in our church, but I also believe this is how God's working in you individually. What do you need to discern about how God has worked in your life in the past? The gifts, the burdens, and in the future, the opportunities in God's voice so that you know how to prepare for what God wants to do in the future. I want to close by um, asking Pastor Marvin to come up. I want Pastor Marvin to have a chance to share a little bit of his heart. God has been working in his heart over the last year in a kind of unique way. And I want you, and our worship team come up. Uh, I want you to hear from him before we close a little bit of how God has been working in his heart in this area as well. Thank you, Pastor Rick. This last year, 2022, has uh, really been a year for me personally and for our, us as a family where God has been 
revealing his will, revealing where he is leading us. And that's been a big part of what God was doing in us. Um, even as we talk about God's will, all of those four components have been sort of aligning and hearing God speak and um, operate in some very interesting ways. One, uh, one particular example, especially le uh, in regards to this new role, uh, many of you, um, all of you know, I was on sabbatical last year. And right before I went on sabbatical for those two months, one of the things that we started do, uh, looking at was my role and say, okay, for the next two months, people have got to do what you're doing. And you can't just leave. I, I didn't want to leave with a big hole where I was, the things I was doing I was, are not happening. And so... I was blessed with a bunch of people who came alongside me and said, hey, we'll take over this. We'll take over that. We'll take over this role on a Sunday morning or this role on a, uh, on a weekday. And they've done an exceptional job. And I'm so thankful for these people who stepped up and said, you know what, let's take this off your plate. Now, fast forward two months, I came back and I'm sitting with, uh, with Pastor Rick and we're talking through this. And I'm going, I know I have a job, but what do I do? What, what, what's my what's my role now. Because when I came back from sabbatical, I had a choice. Do I go back and say to all these people and say, hey, give me my job back. If it felt like God was taking that ministry off of my plate and they were entrusted with it. And it was incredible to see God minister through them. And I feel like sometimes God works in that way in the sense of sometimes he creates margins in our own lives, in our lives, so that in that's in preparation for what he has next. And for some of us, it may look like hey, I just lost my job. I just lost something that I put my heart and soul into. And now what do I do next? Maybe in those moments, God's saying, be ready. Get ready for what's coming. Prepare for what's coming. And that's when the Lord had uh, been working in the background, not me completely knowing this, in the background with Pastor Rick and the team as they were trying to figure out what, where's Mount Hope headed? So when they presented this, Jen and I spent some time in prayer together. Uh, we sought counsel. We asked people and said, hey, what do you think? And it felt like this is where the Lord is leading us. Now, that's not a complete picture of our this last year. As a matter of fact, this story goes back earlier into the year. January 20th, Ava, our, yeah, our daughter, she was born. And two weeks later, I'm sitting here. We had started a new series in, in the book of Genesis. It was the story of Abraham and how God calls Abraham out of, out of his family and out into the unknown. And so I remember Pastor Rick started, kicked us off that Sunday on February 6th. And I'm sitting right there um, that Sunday morning. And that first message, God's call to Abraham, hit me in a way that I... I had never felt before. Actually, it was what it was doing was calling out something that had always been in my heart, part of my call that God had called me to. I just never really put a lot of effort and uh, heart into it. And that is the call to chaplaincy. And so uh, over this last year, God has been preparing me, our family, a lot. I've had a lot of conversations with Pastor Rick and the, and the elders and a lot of different chaplains around, around the country and a lot of people who, who know me. And so right now, currently, I'm in the process of becoming an Air Force chaplain. Um, Pastor Rick wants me to let you know that it's reserved, not active duty. Uh, <laughs> So 
So I'm you're not leaving. I'm that's, not that's leaving. Not yes, the, I, it'll yes. take me out of the uh, <laughs> out of the office for a few days a year. But uh, I'm in the process of that. What God's been doing in the background as we talk about those four things is really creating in me a burden for people and and something that I didn't realize. But Pastor Rick and some of the other staff they realize that especially in moments of crisis, God's been equipping me to be able to handle those. And so so it's cool to see what God is doing. It's incredible to see how God moves. Don't know what this next year is going to look like, but we're excited about what God's going to do here at Burlington, in Belmont, and whatever's coming next for Mount Hope. Wherever the Lord is leading us, we're excited to be a part of it. And all of you have a role to play. And I hope over the next year you find your part in this, in this journey with us. Pastor Marvin. And when he shared that with me, he was careful to start it in the same way he just started it with you this morning with that sermon in February. And I believe his words were, this is your fault. Um, so, uh, but it's really the Lord's burden and passion that's been on Pastor Marvin's heart. We want to support that wherever God sends you, you know, because God, that's the way, you know, the message really of today is that, that the way God, you discern the way God has been working in your life in the past, he's probably going to work through you as you're going forward in that way as well. I look at Grace Rosado sitting back there, and I think, Grace, I was, during this message, I've been thinking about your story. You know, George, your husband, God saved him out of addiction. You used to work in Teen Challenge as a teenager, and then God led you guys to open up a home, new life home for women to get free from addiction. And I think that's just such a perfect picture of what God does. He's gonna take what he's worked in you He's going to work through you in a similar way. So look what God wants to do. Ask him what he wants to do. And then find out how you can be preparing for that. Uh, here's how I want to close service today. We are way over time, but I'm going to do this anyway. Here's how we're going to close service today. I want you to stand up. We are going to stand in a circle around this room. And it's going to be too many people. But do your best to get in a circle around this room. We are going to sing and worship and